You've dropped in on episode 193. The Universal Laws of Healing and Self-Love. What comes up when I say that? If you're anything like me, you probably feel some resistance or some eye roll vibes like, oh, here we go, a big dose of woo-woo. But if you've ever had anyone in your life or you yourself have suffered from cancer, then you may be aware that there are so many layers to such a complex problem. And with what we know about holistic health, we know that most of those layers are ignored or downright denied in a conventional medical setting. On today's episode, we have someone that has utilized her own psychology and a range of energetic tools to shift her perspective in a direction that allowed her body to heal itself of cancer without any medical intervention at all. And now she supports many people on that same journey. Given the statistics in the modern world of cancer, I'd urge everyone to listen in because based on the numbers, we're all going to need as much help as we can get. Or maybe you'll listen to this episode and consciously decide to not be a part of those statistics. As you'll hear, you have far more control over your state of health and well-being than you might otherwise have been led to believe. Oh, and in this episode, I did a little bit of pushing back and challenging of some of these big esoteric ideas because I was just really trying to rectify the the physical material reality and biology with, with some of these concepts. So it's a really good conversation that I really think you like. So, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? You've arrived here for a beautiful conversation that is almost certainly going to push the boundaries of your mind and what you thought was possible with said mind. First and foremost, in 2022, it's my mission to coach 300 people to get control of their emotional eating so they can lose weight and actually keep it off without counting calories or eating rabbit food. So who have I got here on the show to melt your brain in a way that you didn't know it could be melted? Well, we've got Lisa Warner. Lisa is a best-selling author, speaker, and teacher of how simple it really is to heal our own bodies, naturally and organically, without medicine, believe it or not. After finding herself facing cancer and not wanting to go down the medical path with chemo, radiation, pharmaceuticals, or radical surgery, she decided to go out on her own and learn how to get her own body to heal itself. What she discovered was that healing is far more simple and natural than the medical model makes it out to be. And are you ready for this? All it took was a shift in perspective. That's it. A shift in perspective. She now teaches anyone who is willing to learn how to shift their perspective away from the medical mindset and into the universal laws of self-healing. What a rabbit hole of a topic this is going to be. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Lisa. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I'm happy to have you because I really love it when we get people on that really just push the boundaries of the way that conventional thinking happens because I, I, as you may or may not know, worked in medicine for a a number of years and yeah, it's such such a confined container or a restrictive container of ideas and thinking and anyone that branches out of that for whatever reason is regarded as a a quack or a hippie um, type thing. And so, I mean, a shift in perspective, let's start there. What does that mean? Well, obviously, a shift in perspective is is changing the way you look at things. So Dr. Wayne Dyer always said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And it's super, super true <laughs> because when we look at our bodies as a problem, when we look at what's happening to our bodies as a malfunction, when we look at something as being attacked by a disease, then that becomes our reality. It becomes the experience. However, mm-hmm. there's a completely different way to look at this. And there's a completely different way which says, the body itself has produced the symptoms on purpose. The body is always functioning exactly the way it's designed to function. So we're, you know, we've always heard that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, which means that we are pure consciousness. That is who and what we are. 
and our bodies are following our consciousness. So when I found myself facing cancer, I realized that somehow I had created this. I had allowed this to happen, so I had created it. And I realized that if I had created it, I can also uncreate it. And I would have to use a different level of thinking to uncreate it than I did creating it. Just like Einstein said, you can't solve the problem from the problem. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that Einstein quote, like you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that you created the problem with, uh, exactly. which is so logical. Um, so I guess on the other side of like, you sort of talk about, you know, changing the perspective there. Does that mean that the perspective that you held and maybe people that are sick um, are holding is detrimental or created the cancer? Yeah, absolutely. Because for for my, I'll just speak from my own personal experience. I was struggling in my life at the time that this this happened to me. I had fallen down the rabbit hole of self self loathing, um, just absolute. I was in despair. I was in depression. I was ver- on the verge of you know being suicidal. Um, you know, and that's not a healthy mindset to be in. And so my body was literally changing its shape to mirror what I was thinking. So all of these personal crises that I was going through, the body was responding to each one of these. Yeah, right. So I'm curious to know how you, the journey you went on to arrive at the awareness or to have the awareness that shifting your perspective might be a part of the answer or all of the answer? Like what what led you to that moment? Because I, I often find um, in my own sort of health and nutrition world that people that have got cancer or whatever it might be, they eventually find me and often find me too late because it's taken them three failed attempts at chemotherapy or whatever it is before their their belief system is rocked to the core that they're like all right you know they introduce some my friend will introduce me to their parent or whoever it'll be and it's like they're finally ready to hear from Maddie cuz Maddie used to be a scientist but often they've been through such devastating pharmaceutical exposure at that point. Yeah. It's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to get the physical body back from that level of um, chemical trauma uh, and emotional trauma that goes with it. So I'm curious, what led to your awakening before it was too late? Well, when I was a really little girl and I would go to bed at night, I would be able to float up out of my body and... I would find myself basically in space, you know, looking around and I could see the earth from where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, the space wasn't a vacuum. It's just it's filled with living life force energy. It is filled with unconditional love. And I knew at two and three years old, that that was the space that is infinite, it's eternal, it is always there, it never leaves, it never goes away, and that that was what is actually real. Mm-hmm. And I looked at from that space of just unconditional love, I could look at Earth and I could see the history of the planet, I could see the wars that were happening, I could see old people suffering in nursing homes and bodies that didn't work anymore. Um, I could see people fighting over whose God was whose. And the biggest thing that I could see was the amnesia. I could see that humanity had amnesia, that they did not remember the space of unconditional love that they had forgotten who they were that they had forgotten that they are un, that they are non-physical beings and so that was a really it was a profound experience for me but it was also really confusing because when i would wake up in the morning back in my body it was like oh man <laughs> like i looked around it was like people here don't function the way they do <laughs> when they're not in a body, you know, it was, it was a little crazy. So I ended up basically having to bury what I knew to be true at that point, and just try to fit into this world that I never could understand. 
And because I could never understand this world, I could never understand the fighting. I couldn't understand why when this beautiful planet gives us everything we need, it gives us all the food, all the the materials for clothing, for shelter, for free. <laughs> you know, why are we all paying for stuff that we are, that we get for free? You know, I couldn't understand the money thing. I couldn't make any heads or tails of it. So I was struggling with my life because I just couldn't get into the psychology of why everything was so difficult on this planet. So by the time I found myself really in this dire strait of in my physical body, I knew instinctively that it was because I was struggling so hard with my life that my body was struggling to match. And I knew that if I could get back to the awareness that I had when I was a little girl, that that would be my answer because that's that space of unconditional love. And that is that space of, of mastery, really, of remembering who we are as the soul, <laughs> Yeah, that's it's such an interesting um, and eloquent description of the universe, I guess, as you talk about it. I, I'm i curious to play devil's advocate just because that's my nature. Um, is So I often think about when we talk about universal love, and I was literally having um, this conversation with a friend the other day, is that to me, to me it comes across as a really romantic idea and potentially a lot of the listeners. But when we look at the biology the, of all animals and the competitive nature and the savagery that exists in every biological species that exists, even plants, they're trying to outcompete one another for sun. Like, I wonder, like, at what point did humanity go from absolute evolution, savagery, kill each other, climb the hierarchy to that moment where it's like, oh, it was ever, it was all about universal love and now we're all connected and nobody wants to hurt each other. Like, was where did the universal love that we've forgotten about start? Well, the universal love has always been there. It's here right now. It has always been. We've just disconnected from it. We have, we have moved our attention point away from what actually is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's a really long conversation as far as the history of the planet and, you know, what the planet has been through and why we are the way we are today. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but basically, um, you know, as humans, we are designed to, to love each other. I mean, when we are living in accordance to natural law, we just live at peace. We live mm -hmm. in harmony with nature. That's our natural proclivity. But we have been, um, our attention has been moved into a different, uh, in a different realm of fighting and struggling and, and trying to survive. We're not meant to survive life. We're meant to thrive <laughs> in life. We're meant to live. Yeah, totally. And, that, and and I would agree with that in the privileged world that we have the opportunity to thrive. Um, but I can imagine, yeah, throughout history and through all the countries that don't have the privilege that we have, it's, it is about survival. Um, and, and I guess because it's like not dying is the focus of most days, basically. And, it, and again, again, going back to that, like biological species, most people are, most people, animals, when we were more natural and living in accordance with nature, were still hunted. There was still a predator in the jungle that was looking for us, right? No matter how much we loved it. <laughs> 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 yeah, we just have, we have to look at um the people who have been ruling this planet for a really long time, the ones who mm -hmm. make all the rules, they yeah. really don't like to share a lot. They don't really have uh peace and harmony and prosperity and well-being for all as their main goal. <laughs> mm -hmm. So they their whole goal is power and money and mm -hmm. you know the abuse of power and they make all the rules so that the normal you and i don't have a chance of playing their game so mm -hmm. we're we're all subject to their rules so because we have been subject to those rules 
we're here trying to survive while you know they're doing their thing and you know life is easy for for on on some levels in that respect for them however for you and I we've all we've never known real true peace on this planet hundreds of thousands of years of war and suffering have been foisted upon humanity yeah. Yeah. So now we are in that we are in the time of the shift of consciousness. Yeah, this is where we do shift perspective. And from from my perspective and direct experience, it's been the shift of consciousness is the shift of the remembering who we actually are. It's the mm -hmm. the shift of going from we're just limited physical humans to recognizing we are unlimited non-physical souls having this physical experience and when we shift the set of eyes that we're looking through instead of looking through the pre-programmed human eyes the you know look over here listen to your teacher listen to your doctor listen to the you know those eyes when we start listening through our soul, when we start looking through the eyes of our soul, we start to see things differently. And we start to see things not in terms of the physical circumstances, but we see things in terms of energy. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've all heard everything is energy. So yeah. when I was struggling in my life, I was using the energy of doubt and guilt and shame and um, worry and fear. Those were the predominant energies in my life. And my, my reality was reflecting those energies. So I ended up generating a reality that I had cancer. I was afraid of my own body. I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I felt like a loser. I didn't feel like I had any power to change my circumstances. But then I realized that if I am the soul in this body, I actually do have the power to change these circumstances. So mm -hmm. I made it my business to, to reconnect to that. And I did that by I started meditating and I started asking some good quality questions instead of the why is this happening to me and how why did I deserve this? What did I do to deserve this? You know, I started out there and I pretty quickly realized that that wasn't going to get me anywhere. So I started to change the quality of question and I started to ask, what is it that I need to know about this in order to change it? What do I need to know in order to be healthy again? Mm -hmm. And I once I got my the the mind to stop running and running and running and actually be quiet, then my soul level wisdom could step forward and mm -hmm. the answer became completely obvious to me. And the answer was, hey, Lisa, your body's not being attacked by anything. Your body is actually trying to help you. Your body is doing what it's doing for a reason. And mm -hmm. you just haven't understood the reason. And yeah. as soon as I realized that that was actually what was true, then I also realized that my body could heal itself because every time I get a cut or a bruise or a break or a sprain, the body heals itself. And I realized yeah. that it was my fear of being attacked by cancer that was preventing the healing because healing doesn't happen in the, um, you know, in, in a environment of fear. We can't yeah. be in fear and heal at the same time. They're mutually exclusive. So as yeah. soon as I realized, Oh my gosh, I don't have to fear what's happening to my body. I need to trust my body. And as soon as I started trusting my body, then that was the, that was the end of the game because my body ju then just started to rejuvenate itself and it healed yeah. automatically. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, that's so great. I, I, I love that that's where you your journey took you. And it's in, in like a, a cancer setting, often the way we explain it is that the with cancer, it's the body has run out of detoxification options and so it builds an internal rubbish dump, um, So which is literally the body doing what it needs to do to have a place in the body 
for all of the crap to go that you're eating, that you're breathing, that you're thinking. Um, so it, it is like, yeah, the cancer cells do have a function and the body is doing it because it's run out of other ways to get this stuff out of the body. So I think it's really a really useful thought pattern to be like, my body's doing exactly what it's meant to be doing. And if this is the outcome that it's producing, then there's obviously some things that I'm ignoring. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, what I learned in my journey was that, um, well, I actually didn't learn it until after my journey. I, I, you know, I, I understood in that moment that mm -hmm. my body was functioning exactly the way it's designed to function. I realized mm -hmm. there was nothing wrong with my body. And then I wrote my book. And a couple of years after, um, I met somebody who had read my book and she said, oh, you're the one that knows German New Medicine. And I said, wait, what? And she said, yeah, your book. And the light bulb went on and I went, oh, my gosh, are you you're serious? Somebody actually did all of the research that backs up what I learned? And she said, yeah, there's an entire branch of science that nobody knows about because the owners of big pharma don't want people to know that our bodies are Surprise. designed to heal themselves. <laughs> They don't want to know, people to know why their body has produced these extra cells or these symptoms or why the body is not digesting properly or why you have that rash on your skin. They don't mm -hmm. want, they want people to think that we're being attacked by these things or these things are problems because they're selling the solution, so to speak. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, the solution, keep you alive as long as possible so we can keep making money out of you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, yeah, it's a different it's quality of life is a totally different conversation. But yeah. German New Medicine, that's like, there's probably a few people thinking, what's that? Tell us yeah. what that is. This was discovered in uh, around 1980. There's a German doctor named Dr. Reichegierd Hammer, and he was working in an oncology ward. And um, he received a phone call in the middle of the night that his teenage son had been shot and wounded. And the son fought for his life for about three months and then passed away. Three months later, Dr. Hammer comes down with testicular cancer and his wife came down with breast cancer, like at the same time. And he thought, wait a minute, that can't be, you know, there's something going on here. This can't just be a random thing. He's like, I'm a totally healthy, fit guy. Like, you know, I, I know all about this cancer stuff. Like, why me? So first thing he did, he's, he went to all the men in the, in the unit who had been diagnosed with testicular cancer. And he asked them, what was going on in your life before you got diagnosed? Every single one of them had faced the loss of a child. Right. He was like, well, that's interesting. So then he thought, well, let me do a CAT scan. Let me, let me see what's going on in their brain. Every single one of them had the same spot on their brain. There was a little mark on the brain. He was like, oh, all right. So then he went and he started asking the people that had kidney cancer or pancreatic cancer. Every single person who had the same type of cancer had the same type of crisis happen in their life. Mm -hmm. And each one of them, when he did a CAT scan, they would have the exact same location on their brain. And so he started doing all of the research and he started realizing he discovered there are five biological laws, just like the laws of the universe, that they are 100% consistent across the board. And the first, the first law, he calls it the, the ironclad rule of cancer, is that it always starts with a, a shock. You know, we receive a phone call in the middle of the night, you know, like, whoa, what mm -hmm. just happened? Something triggers us. And that the brain will process that in a certain area. And wherever the brain processes that, it correlates to a, a body part or body system. And that system will run as long as there, the conflict is going on. There's the next part of the, the biological laws or there is a, a definite phase of how healing happens. So we start in the conflict active stage where we receive that shocking news. We're in a conflict yeah. active 
you know, the fight or flight, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to resolve this? What do we do? The body is doing something during that time. There, it's either building up cells or decreasing the number of cells, or there could be a, a slight neurological change in neurological function. Once we resolve the conflict, like, phew, okay, that's over. Yeah, I'm good to go. Then the body goes into a two-phase healing process. And that's when the actual symptoms start to appear. Mm-hmm. So if the body has been building up extra cells, say we have a, a, a death fright, for instance, the lungs are the, the organs that respond to a death fright, the, the breath of life. Mm-hmm. So caveman sees the saber-toothed tiger, like, oh my gosh, I could die. The lungs start building up extra cells so that the caveman has a better chance of fighting or fleeing and surviving. So there's a reason why the lungs are building up those extra cells. It's a functional Mm -hmm. change. So then saber-toothed tiger goes away. Phew, okay, danger over. So now the the body doesn't need those extra cells. So now, you know, if that conflict was only, you know, 20 minutes long, the body didn't have time to make a whole bunch of cells. But say say we have something that's a little more subtle now, like people that smoke. A lot of people that smoke are like, yeah, this is probably not very good for me. Yeah, this is probably going to kill me at some point. There's like a little program running in the yeah. back, right? It's like, yeah, it's probably not really good for me. Mm-hmm. So that little death fright, like this could kill me, is what actually starts the lungs creating extra cells. Mm -hmm. So if we've had a really long death fright, so to speak, the lungs can build up a whole lot of extra cells. Then we Mm -hmm. quit smoking and it's like, all right, I'm done with that. I'm on to a new, (laughs) I'm going to develop a better habit, something that's more productive for me. Mm -hmm. And then the lungs go into healing But then what happens all of a sudden is like now we have fever, coughing, congestion, you know, spewing up, you know, phlegm, mucus, all kinds of things because the body is getting rid of those extra cells. So then what happens? We go to the doctor and what's the question that we ask when we go to the doctor? What's wrong with me? (laughs) And they have to give us an answer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They can't say there's nothing wrong with you. Your body is in healing because (laughs) that wouldn't be a good good, uh, customer model. They wouldn't be able to sell things to a body that is already healing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when we start to look at the intelligence of the body, we start to look from a different perspective and we start to notice that, wait, there's a completely different way of looking at things. And this other way of looking at things, it's it's biologically consistent. It, the same blueprint runs, whether you're a human, whether you're a dog, whether you're a deer, whether you're a turtle, does not matter. All bodies are built on the same blueprint. So all of the biological laws are consistent across all species. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, 
Pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, I was going to ask actually, it's it's funny that you went there because I was actually going to go there too and say, or ask, like it, from an energy perspective, is if you nail the energy stuff correctly, is the environment that the physical body, like is the environment that the physical body lives in irrelevant? Is it overpowered by, you know, getting perspective and energy perfectly right? Um, and I asked that just thinking that, you know, 200 years ago, we didn't have sugar companies, we didn't have fast food, we didn't have vegetable oil. And so, the, you know, the, the two parts of us, the energetic part of us, and, you know, that can access the, the infinite and self-love, but then the physical body that is here in this reality, in this dimension, is like, if yeah, if we get the energy right, does, that, does the physical mass not really matter and it can get through anything? On some level, yes. I mean, because if you look at the, like the yogis in the, in the Himalayas, you know, the Yoganandas, the, the ones who are really spiritually advanced, you know, there are many yogis, you know, they can drink a, a quart of gasoline and it doesn't mm-hmm. affect their body. Um, but that takes a lot of alignment. <laughs> like, you know, it yeah. takes a lot of spiritual practice. So we have more than one body. We don't have just a physical body. We also have an energy body, the light Mm -hmm. body. So where all the chakras are, the the meridians, you know, the axitonal points, you know, there, there's much more to us that is non-physical than there is that is physical. And Mm -hmm. it's the, the non-physical, it is what is generating the physical, So when we are aware of our energy and we're able to keep our energy balanced and stabilized and Mm -hmm. clear out any energies that are not serving us, then the physical environment really doesn't play a huge role other than the fact, I mean, if if you're eating, you know, Doritos and drinking soda all the time, you know, it's (laughs) probably not the best thing because those aren't actual foods. (laughs) So, totally. <laughs> the things that we that are sold in the grocery store under the label of food is uh, highly suspect these days when you yeah. can't read the the ingredients on the box. You know, yeah. Food comes from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, look, uh Lisa, I'm a bit disappointed cuz I was going to meditate um 8 hours a day so I could get my energetic body perfect and live on chocolate. <laughs> There you go. You can do that. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> if I can, if if nailing the energy stuff means the physical body can do anything, watch out, KFC. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Usually, once you get just from from experience and knowing a whole lot of people who've been doing a lot of spiritual work for a long time, they kind of just don't really have much interest in <laughs> KFC anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you are in alignment with what's true in nature, then, yeah, it's highly unlikely that you're going to go towards fast food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you go back to nature and you start you start growing your own foods and you start noticing, it's like, oh, I would rather eat organic because I see what's on the other side. You know, I see what's not organic and I see that, you know, we do, our bodies can be poisoned, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kind of the powers that be are doing a really good job of trying to make sure that, you know, that we have as many poisons as possible around, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's really important for us to become aware of kind of what, what the game is that's being played on this planet right now. And Mm -hmm. the game that has been played for a really, really long time that has kept us in this state of warfare and poverty and disease And, you know, there are reasons that we are the way we are and we can transcend all of those. And we, because we are creator beings, we can literally start creating heaven on earth right here, right now. And, you know, this is, this is the shift of consciousness where we start Mm -hmm. to realize, wait a second, we don't need to keep playing this same old game. We don't need to suffer on this planet. And when we start to realize that, there's so much more to who we are 
And there's so much more that's available to us. And our bodies are so much more spectacular than we've ever been allowed to know. Our bodies are literally designed to live for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. You know, people think that living to, you know, 90 or 100 is like a really long life. Yes. And we can live far, far, far longer. Yeah, I've definitely seen records of that. Um, yeah, from mm-hmm. from different eras of the past of people living much longer. And there's a there's an idea in um, a branch of biology too that um, an an animal or any living thing will live five to seven times its age of maturity, which for humans is about twenty two, which puts puts us at about one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty years old. So um, I'm I'm pretty keen to live to one hundred and fifty. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, right? And I'm pretty keen to live that long, at least, on a really lovely world. I would really like to see a planet where people live in peace and harmony with some Mm -hmm. dignity and respect, where integrity is kind of the name of the game, as opposed to what we see now with, you know, there are very few world leaders who actually demonstrate, you know, honor and decency and integrity. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm just thinking for people listening that are like they're they're just kind of like trying to wrap their head around these ideas. Where is a good place for people to begin, like involving themselves in a practice or some kind of activity to to start experimenting with this world without um, you know throwing them straight off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, to to practice just managing your own state of being is mm-hmm. really the first place to start. Start noticing that, you know, most people are living in states of anxiety and tension and stress. And mm-hmm. we actually have full control over our own autonomic systems. And we actually have the ability to take ourselves out of those states of being. By sitting, following your breath, you know, simply notice your breath as it comes into the body. Follow the path of your breath. You know, following the path of the breath is a practice in following energy, following Mm -hmm. the non-physical. We're all taught that if you can't see it, taste it, touch it, or smell it, it, that it's not real. You know, so we're taught to focus on the physical stuff, but there's far more of us that is non-physical than there is physical. So we have to start getting ourselves used to looking at the non-physical things, starting to look at energy. What's the energy that I'm using to generate my reality? You know, if I'm living in anxiety all the time, then I'm living, I'm using anxiety energy to generate the circumstances of my reality. So I have a reality that makes me anxious. So we have to start seeing the correlation between our own state of being and our life. Mm -hmm. So starting to manage your state of being by something as simple as sitting and breathing is really empowering if you allow it to be. Yeah. No, I, li- I like that. It's super easy. And, and I guess what you're touching on, right, is um, like aspects of meditation. Yeah. I, so what medita- I, meditation, I think, has gotten kind of a bad rap, you know, in many respects. My, my take on it is we are, we are body, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. We are the soul. You know, we've all been taught that we have a soul. We don't have a soul. We are the soul. This is like a key, key piece of the puzzle is to notice that we are the soul. We are the non-physical essence. We are the pure consciousness. And the mind is the part that gets programmed. Sit down, listen to your teacher, read, you know, learn all this stuff. What's the answer to this? Oh, not a good answer. Big red check mark. Not good. You know, listen to your doctor, listen to your teacher. And we've been told to listen to so many other people that we've never been taught how to just listen to ourselves. So the meditation is the quieting of the mind so that we can move past the programming. 
So we mm-hmm. can actually get to the soul, to who we truly are. So we can start clearing out everybody else's ideas from our minds. Because yeah. the people that rule the world, they want us to be in states of fear and anxiety. Because if we're afraid and anxious, then we'll very easily follow where they want to lead us. Yeah. But they've pretty much just led us to war and disease and, and poverty. And, you know, so it's up to us to turn this around. And we do that by remembering who we are. Because as the soul, we are powerful, brilliant creator beings. There is so mm-hmm. much more to who we are. And when we just sit and we start to tune inside to meditate and notice who we truly are as beings, the kindness, the caring, the love that we have, the 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 wanting to live in peace and harmony, like that's who we actually are. And when we start to tap into that, we start to feel better because we start to feel more like ourselves. And that anxiety starts to dissipate. The fear starts to go away as we start to tune in and allow that soul to step forward. And we start to realize there's far, far, far more that is magnificent and magical and brilliant about each and every one of us and about these dear, sweet bodies that have been very, very much maligned. Yeah, totally. I'm curious, I've got maybe like a a left field question. Is it possible that it's the other way around? And what I mean by that is that we're born into this physical world and we need to be programmed and humans are interesting um, species like that because if a baby's left by itself, it can't figure much out and it'll be eaten by something or it'll die of starvation. And so maybe maybe like this is the path we're actually meant to take, right? Is that we're programmed by our parents and society so that we can actually survive the chaos that currently exists. And then after we've learned that group of skills, we are then introduced to wonderful people like you um, or guides that are able to introduce us to the next like phase of being a human. Um, Cause I, in my mind, if we all start with self love, like, like if we start in the beginning with like, oh, self-love, then I don't need to be programmed, then we might not be able to survive. Well, I look at it a little bit differently because I look at it as that we are all souls. And as the soul, we choose to come into these physical bodies. And mm-hmm. babies are born, they have an immature body, but they're a fully mature soul. Right. And the body can't, you know, the body can't take care of itself. The baby can't doesn't have the capacity to simply take care of itself because the body is not mature yet. So Mm -hmm. the, the baby needs to be sheltered and protected and honored and respected so that it can grow into its fullness. Mm -hmm. But because most people believe that the babies are just a blank slate and they need to be taught, then that, that alone makes people not notice the wisdom that is actually there. When I was right. two and three years old, I was having these these experiences of being one with the universe. Mm-hmm. Like if anybody had asked me just some pointed questions, I would have been able to say a whole lot of stuff. Like I had a lot of wisdom when I was a little kid. Because I'm, we're all fully mature souls, no matter what size or shape or maturity level the body is at. We're not these bodies. We are the soul animating the bodies. Yeah. Um, for anybody that's listening that might have recently had a cancer diagnosis or, um, you know, is in a cancer journey or a family member, based on your experience and your journey and all the different people you've worked with over the years – what would you say is the number one or two bits of advice for them listening to this conversation right now to begin shifting into like focusing on their soul or universal love? Like what, what's, the, what's the first step? Well, the first step is to really be able to sit and start communicating with your body a little bit. Start mm-hmm. and get, get 
into your body, get back in there. Because when we have these things, it literally knocks us out of our bodies. Our, the, we move out into farther out in our energy field. So we're actually not even present in the body. We're in the mental body, we're in the emotional body, and we are not really fully present. So one of the first things is breathe and get present in your physical body and start noticing what would you rather, what would you like to have happen? What is the outcome that you would like? And it's up to each and every one of us to create the outcome. We have been taught that that doctors are the only ones that know anything about our bodies and that we need to trust the doctor with our health. Well, unfortunately, we are body, mind, and soul, and we have as all three parts are of one. And as the soul, we are responsible for the body. Like nobody mm -hmm. else can be responsible for our health. We have to be responsible for our own health. Yeah. So we have to develop the relationship with our body where we can start trusting the body back to health. Our mm -hmm. bodies know exactly what to do, but we have been taught that they don't. So we have to start overriding that programming. We have to realize that if I'm going to create the outcome that I desire, you know, and I think about you know the level of vibrancy and radiance and fitness and activity, then I need to start moving it myself in that direction. So mm -hmm. I need to start taking the steps. I can't wait to see if the pills are going to work. I can't wait and see if something else is going to happen. I have to make the outcome happen. I have to start taking steps in that direction. Mm -hmm. So first step is getting present inside the body so that you can make some clear choices from the body, not mm -hmm. from the mind that has been programmed, but from your actual wisdom. Right. Okay. That's beautiful. Uh, it reminds me actually, when I worked at the cancer hospital, I was good friends with one of the spiritual care doctors. Um, and he, he and I both left the hospital in the last two years based on, you know, the last two years because um, we didn't want to be a part of that charade. But um, but I remember us talking about his job and, and like it was really just there. He was really just there to tick a box for the hospital um, and to like be like, oh, I guess we've got to have someone that does spiritual care. But he's he's a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and profoundly believes in this stuff. But his attempts to guide people to connecting with themselves and, and the type of thing that you're talking about was just so squandered in a medical environment and written off as hippie nonsense and it's useless and we've really just got you here because a percentage of our patients are religious and they need someone to talk to. Um, but So it's like there's, yeah, it's just a box-ticking exercise, uh, at least where I worked. But there are people, even with medical degrees, you know, that, that are talking about this stuff and there are people outside the hospital, which is where you do most of your healing, right, is <laughs> outside of a hospital environment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it is in the system, at least here somewhere, it's just judged and laughed at. But um, I think if people listen to people like you and find, you know, the tools outside of the hospital system, they're far more likely to make progress. Yeah, you know, and our body... The body itself is the greatest tool that we have because the body itself is the barometer. It is the, the pathway home. It is the pathway back to our soul's essence. The body will let us know in every moment whether we are on the path of, of our soul or whether mm -hmm. we are on the pre-programmed path of the mind. Because when our body, when we feel resistance in the body, when we feel a tightness, when we feel a heaviness, you know, the doctor says, you know, oh, you have cancer. Ooh, like there's a there's a reaction in the body. Yeah. The body will react that way when something is out of alignment. Mm -hmm. When we're in alignment, the body expands. It relaxes. It lets us know that, yes this is the right direction. So if we start just learning how to listen to our bodies, 
The body is the greatest teacher. If we learn to tune in, no is a contraction, yes is an expansion. If we simply follow that, the body is our GPS right back home to ourselves. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Um, so, because you're awesome, and everybody obviously agrees with me if they're still here with us, um, <laughs> where can people find you online? Oh, great. They can find me at my website is connectingyoutoyou.com, spelled out in full. I've written a book called The Simplicity of Self-Healing, and that is available on Amazon. You can find it through my website as well. Um, yeah, and on, on Facebook, I have a group called Soul Sourced Healing. Amazing. Amazing. And for everybody listening, all the links and whatnot will be down in the show notes below. And if you've enjoyed this episode or you know somebody that needs to hear this conversation, please share it with them, pop it up in social media, do all the tags so we know who's listening and watching in and um, enjoying and getting stuff from this episode. And so, Lisa, thanks so much for your time. I'm very grateful. Um, and I appreciate your willingness for me to go a little bit of pushback there and have a bit of conversation. I think it's, I think it's useful to, to really pull apart some of these topics. Um, so thank you. And before we go, what is one piece of health information you wish more people knew about? Um, I just wish people knew how brilliant their bodies are and how brilliant they are. We're, we are so much more than we are given uh, credit for. And when we learn to tune in and start trusting ourselves, there's no end to how far we can go. Amazing. Thanks so much for your time, Lisa. I've really enjoyed having you on the show and we'll chat really soon. Great, Maddie. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you all for listening as well. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.